for a few moments, if you have your Bibles, <clears throat> we'll go to the New Testament book of Philippians, chapter number two, beginning at verse number five. Philippians chapter two, verse number five, <clears throat> reading from the King James Version reads on this wise, very familiar verse of scripture. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Amen. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The grass wither, the flower fade away. The word of the Lord shall stand forever. For a few moments, with the help of the good Lord, I want to speak from the subject, He is different. Amen. He is different. Amen. As we look at this passage of scripture, I like Philippians as he begins to talk to the church at Philippi and he begins to explain about who Jesus the Christ is. He begins to give us uh, some of uh, these things that we need to consider. Um, this is one of the greatest passages uh, on the person of Jesus Christ. Paul speaks of a Christ as a pattern for believers, but when he gets to speaking of Christ, he then parenthetically extends his comments about Jesus. And those of you that are following along, those of you that has the app, you know that we have our sermon notes and you can follow there. And I just want to get this train started uh, this morning uh, so that we can get it down the track. Uh, there are at least four things that I want to talk about today. So the first thing that I want to talk about by him being different is number one, the harmony with Christ. Look at verse number five again. Verse number five says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. A believer ought to be in harmony with Jesus Christ in the way he conducts himself. And when we look at the harmony with Christ, there are two things that we ought to consider. The place for harmony. He says, let this mind be in you. What we think is what we are. All right. 
Right. Let me say that again. What we think is what we are. The mind is so important in regards to our conduct. That is why Satan would have our mind dwelling on things of the world so that we don't ponder eternal matters and so that we don't behave as Christians. So what Satan does, he tries to attack your mind so that you don't think about heavenly things and all you think about is worldly things. So that's why he said, let this mind be in you. He talks about the place for the harmony, but also he talks about the paradigm in the harmony. He says, not only let this mind be in you, but not this mind, but the mind that was also in Christ Jesus. Christ is the model. He is the example and the pattern for the mind. So when he tells us, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, he says, I need you to look at the example that had already been set for you so you know how to pattern your thinking. Otherwise, if you pattern your thinking like the way of the world, then you will do foolish things. You will do filthy things. You will do foul things. But if you pattern your mind like Jesus, then you'll do right things. You'll do righteous things. You'll do what is worthy in the sight of God. So number one, he says you need to have harmony with Christ. But number two, he says, uh, if, if, if you're going to see that he's di uh, di uh, different, uh, you need to know the heavenliness of Christ. The heavenliness of Christ. Look at verse 6. It says, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. You know there is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And, and, and Paul, I mean, he is working this thing, my brothers and sisters, he's walking it down. He says the heavenliness of Christ, he says he didn't think it robbery. Uh, so there's a couple of things that I need you to understand. We need to talk about the actuality of his deity. The deity means that this, this form does not speak of shape, but the essence of something. The language here is very plain that Jesus is indeed God. He, he is plainly God in, in, the, in the form of man. Jesus is God, uh, but you got to believe in the deity. You got to believe in the Holy Trinity to understand that God and Jesus is the same. God in three persons. Are y'all praying with me? But if you don't believe the deity of Christ, then you can't understand the scripture. You won't understand what he's saying. But not only the actuality, but look at the attitude. He says he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Christ doesn't hesitate to claim his deity. When God, when Jesus was on the earth, he tried to tell them who he was, but they didn't understand what he was talking about. And this upset the Jewish religious leaders, so they tried to kill him. And they, they said, this man is blaspheming. Who can only for sin, uh, forgive sins but God only? And, and Jesus was just trying to let them know, I am the one who you've been looking for, but you can't see. And that's why the songwriter says, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. I wish I was preaching something in here. I once was blind, but now... I see. So we see the harmony with Christ. We see the heavenliness of Christ. But thirdly, let's talk about the humbleness of Christ. 
in spite of the fact of his deity, Christ still walked very humbly on earth in his first coming to earth. Look at it, church. He says in verse number seven, but he made himself of no reputation. The words translated made himself of no reputation are the translation of two Greek words, which literally mean he emptied himself. Christ emptied himself of his divine rights and privileges in order to fulfill his mission in the gospel. If you would do a work for God, you may also have to forgo many legitimate rights and privileges. This is so hard on the flesh as flesh fights daily for its rights and privileges. In fact, this is the current mood of our society today. But he foregoed many of his rights. So that was his condescending. He foregoed some things. He came in the form of a servant. So that's his condescending. But look at his consecration. It says he took on the form of a servant. Christ came to earth to serve and he served though he was often terribly mistreated. And isn't it funny that even though the people that serve us, sometimes we mistreat them. Uh, they're just trying to do that job, just trying to wait on you, trying to get the order right, but sometimes we mistreat them. And, and Christ was just trying to serve the people that he came to serve, but he was often mistreated. And, 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 and even though he was mistreated, believers, we also got to serve and we ought to serve no matter how bad we are treated. I wish I could talk to some ushers up in here. Sometimes, even though you hold a door open for some people, they won't even say hello to you. Even though you try to sit them down in a proper seat, they don't want to sit where you put them at. But every now and then, just smile anyway. Kurt Franklin said, you look so much better when you smile. Smile at me in here today. I, I, I just I, I realize that every now and then it gets hard, but serving the Lord will pay off after a while. So his consecration, but then not only his consecration, I see his conforming. His conforming, it says, was made in the likeness of men and fashioned as a man. This speaks of the incarnation of Christ. He became flesh so that he could die for us. What have we become in order to advance the cause of Christ? Let me say that again. He became flesh so he can die for us. But what have we done so that we can advance the cause for him? That's a question to ponder. What have I given up? What have I sacrificed so that I can advance the kingdom for Christ? He conformed and became as men. That's what the Bible says. But look, it's his compliance. And this is where we struggle with church. As I hurry on, I feel the steam coming. His compliance. Look what it says in verse number eight. And being found in, in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient. We don't like that word right there. Obedient. It says he became obedient obedient. Christ was obedient to his heavenly father. He said 
in Hebrews 10 and 9, he said, Lord, I come to do the will, O God, and I'll do thy will. Christ's obedience involves servitude. It involves suffering. It involves sacrifice. And the scripture said that he came to do his father's will. Matter of fact, one day his mom and his dad lost him in church because he says, I had to do the will of him that sent me. And he, he had to do his father's will. And so he was compliant. And if we're going to serve the Lord, we got to be obedient to what the Lord calls us to do. Now, this is the one that we always point to. Uh, not only his, his consecration, his conformance, his compliance, but lastly, I see in this point is his crucifixion. It says he was obedient even unto death, even the death of the cross. This was the climax of his mission and the climax of his humility. The shame of the cross was great, but Christ willingly suffered the shame in order to save souls from the shame and reproach of eternal damnation. He was so concerned about you. He was so different that he says, I'll go to an old Roman crucifixion and suffer on a tree so that you don't have to suffer eternal damnation. He was different. Are y'all praying with me this morning? And as I look at the fourth point, fourth point today, my brothers and sisters, was the honor uh -huh. of Christ. Yes. yes, the honor for Christ. The honor Christ received for his work on earth was great. He is honored by his deity. Verse 9 says, Wherefore God also had highly exalted him. Christ was honored by God. First, we ought to see the priority of the honor. Being honored by God is more important than honor from man. Secondly, we ought to see the prerequisite for the honor. Wherefore, the honor came because of the work of Christ. The cross precedes the crown. Y'all didn't catch it? The cross precedes the crown and humility precedes honor. If you're going to receive honor, you got to humble yourself. And if you're going to receive your crown, you got to carry your cross. Are you praying with me? If you wish to honor a God and wish to receive honor from God, you must read the prerequisites of the wherefore. Do I have a witness? You see, in order to get in certain classes in college, there's some classes you got to meet the prerequisites first. And that's what God is saying. In order for you to get the honor from me, there's some prerequisites first. Now, he's honored by deity, but he's also honored by designation. Look what it says. He says, uh, giving him a name which is above every name. The word translated name in giving him a name means a title. He 
was given a title and this title is an office, a rank and a dignity because of Christ's work on earth, especially in regards to Calvary. God has honored Christ with a title, an office and a rank that is above all others. In other words, you can name your son Jesus. You can name your son uh, Messiah. You can name your son Jehovah, but it doesn't mean that it has the same rank, the same office, and the same offer title as the name that God gave Jesus. Do I have a witness in here? Because when God gives you a title, nobody can take that title away from you. And so he, he's honored by his designation. This is my story right here. He's honored by difference. And that's why he is different. Because the Bible says that every knee should bow of things in heaven and of things in earth and things under the earth. He goes to three dimensions, if you're with me. He says in heaven, in earth, and under the earth. Yeah. I didn't really get that because a lot of times when people quote the verse, always says every knee should bow and every tongue must confess. But you gotta put all the context in it. He says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, uh -huh. things in earth, and things under the earth. Yeah. So let me break it down for you. There's a difference. Number one, the display of the difference. The bow of the knee is an outward and obvious form of giving honor to another. Here the knee will not be the only thing that will bow, but the heart will bow also. Second, defining the difference, the bow means at least two things, recognition and reverence. All creatures will eventually give Christ the recognition and respect he deserves. But then, as I talked about the three things, the domain. Look at the domain. Things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. The things, it means that the angels, meaning good or bad angels, they're going to bow. All creatures, whether they are in heaven, whether they on earth, or whether they under the earth, they're going to bow to Jesus, which means there is no running from it. You will bow and give Jesus his respect. And so I like that, my brothers and sisters, is because he is so different that no matter where you are, you will give him his respect. And so this is nearly telling us that God has made it a declaration that when it comes to Jesus, he is different. And because he is different, he does not fit into the same category with anybody else. And I gotta take my seat today when I think about it, that he's not in the same conversation with anybody else. No, he's not in the same conversation with Washington, or Lincoln, or Churchill, or Gandhi, or Muhammad, or Shakespeare, or even the Pope. And although Abraham and, and Moses and Joshua 
and Samuel and David and Elijah and Ezekiel were all great men of God, but Jesus did not fit into their category either. He's indeed one of a kind. Do I have a witness in here? Do y'all mind if I celebrate for a little while? How many of you know that Jesus is different? And I believe that Mary, his mother, knew that he was different. Do I have a witness in this place? I believe that John the Baptist knew that he was different. I believe that Lazarus, along with Mary and Martha, they knew that he was different. I believe that the woman who suffered with an issue of blood for many years, she knew that he was different. I wish I had a little help in here. I believe that the man that lay by the pool of Bethesda for 38 long years, he knew that Jesus was different. Do I have a witness in the house today? I believe that the multitude that partook of the fish and the bread, they knew that he was different. Do I have some help in the house today? I believe. I believe that the doctors in the temple when he was only 12 years old, they knew that he was different. And I believe that the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they knew that he was different. I'm going to walk this Bible until I get some help up in here. I believe that Zacchaeus, the tax collector, he that he was different. What about the temple priests and the scribes? Can you help me preach? They knew he was different. What about the ten lepers that couldn't come in the community? They knew he was different. Well, what about old Bartimaeus who's been blind? He he was different. Y'all ain't helping me. Well, there was a demon-possessed man that cut himself and was chained. But one day, he got loose because he knew he was different. And I believe, I said I believe, there was a centurion that was by the cross. And when the blood hit him, he knew he was different. Do I have a witness? And the reason I know he knew he was different because he opened up his mouth and said, truly, 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 this is the Son of God. Is there anybody in the house today when you came in contact with the Lord, you couldn't help and say, this ain't like anything else. He is, he is, he is, he is, he's different. 
do I have a witness? I can't help but believe that when people heard him teach, they knew he was different. Well, why would you say that, Pastor? For he taught with divine authority. He taught with absolute truth and nothing but the truth. He taught so both the learned and the ignorant could understand him. He taught so both the young and the age could clearly understand. He taught with love and compassion toward everybody. He taught with no selfish motive and no purpose in mind. He taught about all things that nobody else knew about. For example, he taught about heaven and hell. Yes, the people knew that he was different because of what he taught. I can't help but believe that when the people felt his presence, they knew he was different for they never felt nothing like death before. Why do you ask that? And why would you say that? Well, I want you to think back about 11 hours ago. I just want you to think back about 11 hours ago. You realize he was different. Because while you were sleeping and slumbering, catching a midnight movie that you didn't pay for, he dispatched angels to watch over you. When you woke up early this morning and see a new day, and I thank God that even though your name is not in the book from Genesis to Revelation, there's another book that your name will be written in, and that's how you know he is different. Oh, shucks. can testify with me that know that he is different. You tried him for yourself and you know that he's different because his glory is different, is greater than the lilies of the field, is greater than the splendor of a rainbow, is greater than the dew in the morning is greater than a star-studded sky is greater than a beautiful sunset is greater than the prettiest thing you ever seen you know that he's different why because when you were sick to me. Let me try over here. When you were sick, y'all ain't helping me. Let me try in the middle. When you were sick, didn't look like you were going to get well. But the Lord came in and said, not yet. I 
still got more for you. I still got to push you a little while longer. There's somebody you got to meet. There's a testimony you got to tell. You are a living example. I don't want you to give up yet. I need you to let somebody know that I'm different. And I want you to tell somebody if I did it for you, I'll do it for them. You know that he's different because he got power from on high. He can just say, peace, be still. And everything got a hush. Hey, the Lord, all right, I've got to hit a day. I know that he's different. And the reason why I know that he's different because when I got a taste of his wisdom, when I got a taste of his goodness, I knew how to handle my crisis. I knew how to handle my problem. I knew how to answer my questions. I knew how to deal with my situation. I knew how to carry my burden. I knew how to judge my motives because the Lord told me, take it to the Lord and leave it there. Is there anybody that's been carrying something? I need you to help me. I need to help somebody today. Have you been carrying something all week long? Come on up. Come on up. If you've been carrying something all week long, come on up. The Lord said he is different. He is different. He knows how to calm your shaking nerves. He can drive your salty tears. He can strengthen your weak hands. He can bless your burden back. He can lift your fallen knees. He can inspire your weary heart because he is. I need somebody to shout in this place and say he is. He is. He is. He tried him and I know that one of these old days one of these old days when it's all over I said when it's all over he's different he's alpha he's omega he's a beginning he's a end he's a anchor soul. He's a bright and morning star. I'm trying to quit Isabel, but something got a hold of me. He's king of kings. He's the lord of lords. He's the living water. He's the prince of peace. He's the I am that I am. He's bread when you're hungry. He's the water when you're thirsty. He's the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He's my midnight rider. He's my leaning pole. He is my everything and my all. Is he all right? 
I said, is he all right? Jesus. He is different. That's why the Bible has declared that every knee shall bow. Things in heaven, things on earth, and things under the earth. That he is Lord. God bless you. To the glory of God. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask my good friend, former member, Brother Wilmore, if he would bless us with a song as we offer an invitation. Amen. you to come. Ah! Uh -huh. 
bless you. Amen. God bless you. One of these old mornings, we'll walk around heaven. Amen. We thank God for what our eyes have seen, our ears have heard, and our hearts have felt. Amen. We know that he is different. 